friends, and welcome to another episode of the IT Business Podcast, the show where we talk to IT business providers, MSPs, computer repair shops, anybody that's doing business support for other businesses, and we try to help you run your business better, smarter, and faster. Tonight, I have with me a returning guest visiting from my hometown at the beach, Satellite Beach. Allie Johnston is on the show. Allie, how are you? I'm awesome. You I'm are- so excited to be here. I <laughs> love it that you, me and you found each other, even not in this town. Okay, but we found each other by going the opposite ways. Yeah, we did. So I grew up in the beach, moved to Fort Lauderdale. You basically grew up and worked in Fort Lauderdale, went to the beach and uh, very interesting how that happened. Yeah, for sure. Yep. I got out of the rat. Yeah, but you know, the beach is getting to be that way. I mean, you're on A1A. I mean, how crowded has that gotten to be with all the condos that they've built up on the beach? My pristine beaches. It's it's gotten pretty bad. Um, <laughs> the uh, the little town that I live in, uh, we just implemented beach parking, pri- like. Charging. You started charging for beach oh parking. Let me tell you, it is a big deal in this town. It is. <laughs> Nobody wants to pay for parking. Yeah. <sighs> it's ridiculous. There was, I, don't, I don't know how it's going to work. I, I'm going to have to visit soon. I've, I've visited, but I've only stayed mainland. My, my mom lives in Melbourne, so we've only – I've not gone over to the beach side. And uh, I'll have to visit and see how it is. And we've got to do that visit to your office. Let me take you out to lunch next time you come. Please, please, please text me. All right. I will do that. So, ladies and gentlemen, you may remember Allie from a previous episode. Uh, We did a show where we talked about going back to the beach. And I don't remember which show number that was. I'll have to look it up. And while I'm doing that, uh, Allie reached out to me after I dropped the announcement that I had chosen ThreatLocker over CyberFox and said, hey, I, I want to talk about that. When do you want to have me on? I thought you were going to talk about ThreatLocker and join me in this quest. But no, you actually have been using CyberFox's auto-elevate. Yeah, I have. So what was it I that kind of, that. you know, what was it that tweaked you to say, hey, we got to talk? I... When I get into a product, I vet it very hard. Uh, I don't even know how to say, like, even the company, you know? I want to know about the company culture. I want to know about the product, um, the support. So uh, I do this really invasive vetting, vetting, and I did that with CyberFox, Love them. Yeah. Um, so I did look at Threat Locker. I'm not going to lie. I like it. I think that there's, like, you had a very valid reason and use case for that product. I think that was excellent. But I wanted to come on here and say it's not just a cut and dry uh, differentiation between the two products. I think CyberFox has a very good use case 
in a lot of businesses. And I just wanted to come on and say, you know, like I kind of wanted to say, hey, <laughs> it's not it's not cut and dry. Like, we can do this. Okay. Well, so first of all, first of all, let's not make it sound like I poo-pooed CyberFox, okay? That wasn't I the know, case. I, <laughs> I mean, listen, I can tell you this. CyberFox, they put on – a great show. They did a great demo with me. They're actually great people. Uh, they're easily accessible. They're right over in Tampa, Clearwater, somewhere over there. So we can go see them anytime we want. Uh, yeah. That wasn't the issue. They were fantastic. What it boiled down for me was the potential of my clients to use the other features of ThreatLocker. And I just weighed, do I really want to, you know, take the route of auto elevate now, but then I still need to use the features of threat locker later. So for me, I'm like, why don't I just do it? It wasn't a big, huge deal for me to do it. Um, if I were to go with my heart, it would have been CyberFox. But I did the business decision as to what's going to help me best support my customers down the road. Not everybody needs what I need. So you're very right. The The business case for CyberFox versus ThreatLocker is dependent on your business and what you do. And in my case, you know, my small businesses, that's what they need. They need, I mean, PAM, privilege access management, is a huge thing. Um, and what made the difference for me was that CyberFox just made that super simple. Right. Um, I didn't, you know, there was, there was no setup, there was no blah. It, it just all happened pretty much automatically once I installed the agent. So I'd love to get into a discussion though, because what did you, how did you implement threat lock? Oh like my. What, oh, you don't want to do it? Well, it's I do. Fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. But before we do that, I want to recognize in the chat before before the show, I reached out to the folks at CyberFox and said, hey, we're going to be talking about you on the show tonight. So in the chat, you have Jackie from CyberFox uh, giving us a shout out. <laughs> shout out there. Uh, thanks for giving us a love. And of course, she has to throw in there. It's not too late <laughs> for me to do that. So... <laughs> Oh God! All right, so that's you want to. So you want to interview me? You want to interview me and find out why? Love the channel. Yeah. So you want to interview me and ask me what? What? I mean, no. For give me a sixty second. Why? You know, what was your decision? Okay. Do do you not remember what I said on the show? I do, but come on. (laughs) On here remembers that. All right. So. If it came down to simply the privileged access management, the auto elevation, which that is actually what I started looking for solely. Okay. If it came down to that, apples to apples, CyberFox would have would have won. Um what made me decide on threat locker, as I mentioned, was the other features with the storage control the network control, the ring fencing, and the additional security aspects that for me, my customers, I was going to use that in addition to the auto elevation. So remember, 
probably 60% now of my clients are law offices. And they, they've got to be locked down. As a matter of fact, I've got one today. We are just fighting a battle because they have one of their clients, an insurance company, that is blocking their emails because they have a link to their website, which is redirected to another site, which had two JavaScript in their site somewhere that had malware. And it's just one of those things where I've just got so much more of a burden to deal with with those law firms than just simply auto elevation. So that's what swayed me. I think I went Gosh. about I think I went about seventy seconds. No, perfect. <laughs> Love it. And in my case, and I think that that's a perfect example. And I said this on the you know as a comment on the last. You needed this for your use case, and for my use case. In particular, um, I'm looking at, you know, small, medium businesses, not in the attorney, you know, arena, um, but they need to turn off the, the admin user on all their computers. And I don't think that that's a lot of small businesses know that, you know, they buy that computer off of Amazon, blah, blah, blah. And then they give it to me and I'm like, oh my God, we got to, we got to, we got to bolster this up with security. Right. And first thing I say, we got to get rid of the admin user and nobody, I mean, let's face it. Does, do any of your small businesses know that Marv? Yes. But but here's the difference. Here here this may be the difference. Now you worked in corporate, so you you are used to network environments, you know, servers and clients, and people know that they just can't add a station to the network and and work. Yeah. So those yeah. are all my clients, even my small clients. They are in an environment where you know we we still use domains on just about every client. I've only got one or two that we have switched off a domain onto a Synology uh, NAS directory, but we still lock them down. That is something that, now remember, my clients have been with me a long time too. So it's, you know, this is not new to any of them. My newest client is really, well, let me rephrase that. So I have a client that we're renegotiating a deal with. They were a co-managed client uh, at the end of last year. We are now going to become fully managed with them. So their junior is going to go away and we're going to take over complete control of that. They are in a situation where they have a domain and probably about 80% of their computers are on domain and just fine. They have people that are coming and going with laptops and Apple Macs that are not on domain, but because they have their username and password for the network, they can get to the shares that they need. So that was one of the things that's in my managed service agreement. We're going to, you know, any station coming into that network has to be on domain. It's going to be locked down. They won't be able to install stuff. And the owners were like, yeah, no problem. So that's how my clients start. But I do understand where a lot of times we don't get to make that choice for them before they go buy the computer, show up at work, and start working. We don't. I just spent two hours last night setting up a, well, I set the tenant up, but then 
the user had bought his own computer. You know, the president of the company bought his own computer and set up his personal, you know, family plan, $99 Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. I had to go undo all that stuff. He's like, is this going to be this hard to set up every new employee? And I said, no. Not if you <laughs> let us not- do it from the beginning. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to put that on LinkedIn. Like, I can help you set your business up. <laughs> From an IT perspective, anyway. Yeah. yeah. So let me let me go back and kind of refresh your situation because I mentioned earlier you came from a corporate environment. So you, what did you have? Like two hundred plus stations in your environment. Yes. And you decided to bolt from Fort Lickerdale. Yeah. <laughs> and run to the sunny shores of Satellite Beach and slow down. But then you decided to open up a tech shop there and provide business support. You, you're, you're being portrayed everywhere. I see you as the cybersecurity guru of the uh, space coast. So tell us about your typical client. It sounds like you're not dealing with the, the corporate level baloney anymore. I'm not. Um, I think that even in my clients that I take on, I have this holistic approach with, uh, are you good to begin with? And my, the last, the most recent customer I took on was small church here in Cocoa beach, Cocoa beach, Cocoa beach. I hope everybody knows that. Um, I, I can't tell you how happy and excited people are when I give them the services and, you know, deliver. Oh my goodness. Yes. That's what I'm doing. It's smaller. It's smaller businesses. Definitely here on the space coast. I have a lot of resources and connections and networking on the, um, down in South Florida, but I get a lot of, I do get a lot of word of mouth business from them. And it's, that's cool because I can, I can relate to them. I, I mean, I know what they're going through Yeah, in Florida with the traffic and the business and Comcast. I know you guys deal with Comcast down there and Comcast is tough. You got to, you got to listen to the show more, man. We, this office is fully Comcastic. Oh, well, good for you. <laughs> Do you have a, like a, a phone number I can call that like gets me to the bat phone? Uh, listen, I'll tell you this. Uh, okay. I'm Thank ready. God Comcast is not a sponsor because I talk some <laughs> shit about them. <laughs> so, oh, so up there now, are you dealing, you said they're smaller, but – I mean, are we talking 10 and under? Are we talking big enough to have a server, big enough to have a NAS? Where are you at? We're talking big enough to have a NAS, over 10, um, but just didn't even ever have the idea that that was something that was possible. I'm running into a lot of, I guess, let's call them millennials. And, and I'm not doing a gender thing or an age thing, but. I'm just going to say that a lot of the people I run into are very tech savvy. 
They're very tech savvy business owners and they know what they need to do. You know, they Google, oh, I got to get a Microsoft license. Okay. But I think where I, where I come in is I say, look, <laughs> let's get the business license. Let's not do what Microsoft tried to sell you. And so I unwind them from all that personal stuff. And I don't know. I just, I help them get their business off the ground from a technological standpoint. Are you doing any of the Azure Active Directory or the Azure Identity? 100%. Every, every business I set up, we all have an Azure AD. So if they're only getting the business, um, I don't want to get too detailed, but you know, if they're only getting a certain level of license, they're not going to get, you know, all the bells and whistles, but um, that's what I'm proposing. You know, let's, let's get all the bells and whistles, get it through Microsoft and we're good to go. So, okay. We can go deep in the weeds. That's the shows. We don't shy away from anything. So let's get deep. So are you saying you've got some customers that are doing the exchange plan one or 365 business basic? No, I don't have anybody doing basic. Okay. The lowest level that I have would be um, business standard. Okay. So, I mean, business standard, of course, is the preferred. Yeah. And for larger customers, you know, E3 and beyond. Yeah. So the, the client that I'm renegotiating with, uh, we did take over their Microsoft accounts, and mm-hmm. they were – like 95% business basic. Oof, okay. And my proposal was to move them to premium. And of course they were like, what? And we started talking about the stuff that they want to do. Um, yeah, they can kind of do it with Azure AD, but some of the other things that they want to do, they they were a mom and pop shop that grew way too fast. And now they are 70-ish users. And I said, you can't act like mom and pop anymore. So they did agree that they'll make the first jump to the business standard. So we are going to do that. So that'll at least bump them up a little bit. We'll get a couple of additional features. And they said, you know, we'll grow into this as we go. Um, so it is, it's a battle when, yeah. like you said, I, I mean, I don't want to say just the millennials because it's 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 everybody now. Everybody thinks that they can do IT and they're being told by their friends and they're being told by other companies, you don't need an IT department. And that's the trouble that we run into when they finally get to us because they've had these issues and then we're the ones that look like the bad guy saying, well, you know, you've got to redo this. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you want right. me? You want me to support you? We're going to redo this, and you know, not even come across as saying doing it right. It's you've got to get your level of professionalism up, and you want to, you know, you want to be a business. You've got to act like a business, and you do it with the way that you, you know, buy or lease your building. You do it with the way that you tell your people to dress. You do it with your cars. 
But then when it comes to actually doing the stuff that makes you money in your business with your technology, you cheap out. We could have a whole co- like conversation about that. Yes. Why yeah. is that? Why? Because they think I that technology they so think they think technology just gets cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And I say to them, so has your cell phone gotten cheaper over the years? No. Has your house gotten cheaper over the years? No. <laughs> has your eating out bill gotten cheaper <laughs> over the years? No. <laughs> no way. Uh, uh-huh. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. Yeah, tomorrow. that's the discussion that needs to be had, especially if they're making money. I mean, if they're making money, there's no excuse. Right. I mean, they'll come up with excuses, but there's not. There's no way around it. You've got to spend money on that technology and that security. Yeah. It's just like you get a business. You, you've you got a door, right? You've got an office. Or, the first thing that comes to your mind, if you have a physical space, is what? I need to get an alarm. I need a contact on my door so I know if someone tries to break in at night. And, yeah, it would be cool to have, like, a security camera out there, too. That is everybody's first, first thing that they think about. And guess what? Nobody's thinking about what if they break into my email? What if they break into, you know, whatever, my digital space? Nobody thinks about that. Well, that's where I am and you are and we're out here trying to make, you know, yeah. spread the word, right? Yeah. How much discussion have you had with clients over the uh, what's happened in Vegas this past week? So I've only had a conversation, and I know this sounds crazy, with one person. And I, I have to collect my thoughts about Vegas. Um, it pretty much sums up everything that me and you talk about every single day, probably five times a day. That event took 10 minutes over the phone. And that person was in like Flynn. Yep. So it proves our point. I don't even know what else to say about it. Yeah. How many conversations have you had? I, I've, I've, had a, I've had a bunch. And okay. here's the thing that really – so one of the law firms that I did, and they were one of the first that I implemented the threat locker on, and we implemented the ring fencing. And at first, they were completely – beside themselves because they're the law firm that gets in all of those CDs and thumb drives with, you know, x-rays and medical records and all of these surveillance cameras. They get, I mean, they probably get, I don't know how many a day, they get a ton. So every day they're opening up these files and they used to just throw in the CDs and the USBs and, you know, open up the stuff. Well, for like the first week, it was like like two to three times an hour, girls were screaming. They're like, I can't run this CD. And I'm like, good. Because this is what can happen if you stick the wrong thing in a computer. 
And it took a little understanding, but what's funny is on, was it? Yeah. Last Thursday before I left the, uh, they were, they're going to be getting an upgrade soon. And they kind of said, so the fact that you put that threat protection on our computers. So what happened in Vegas doesn't happen to us. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I said, well, well, let's just say it's, a, let's just say it's, 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 it's another layer of prevention, but it won't guarantee it. But the thing that it shows them is that stuff is not just going to show up in the network and start running without us knowing about it. So that's nice. I mean, that's nice. Yep. So where I'm coming from, um, and why I chose CyberFox is I didn't want to have those challenges. Yeah. But I get where you're coming from. Okay, law agency, law, blah, they can't, and that's a very good use case. And in my position. I just want to stop people from being able to install stuff, right? whatever it is. And yeah, a lot of times, you know, okay, fine. The malware that, you know, all that stuff's going to try and install. And now I've removed those privileges. What I love about the CyberFox that I use is that when I push that out, it, it kills them from being an admin because most computers come like that, right? And then the, let's say the business owner sets up the computer and pushes it out. Then they're a computer admin. So I can put my tools on there, no admin, and they get that big pop-up when they do need to install something. Right? Hey, do you want... I love that. Um, I've used other PAM products before, and they were a lot more, I don't know, they were hard to use. And so when I found this, I was like, oh, this is the best thing ever. It's so easy to use. The user can just say, hey, please let me go here. And then I, you know, my team can go in there and say, okay, let them go there. There's always a human in the loop. Right. Uh, are you using, they've got an app, right, that you can go mobile with. Have you used that? I have not used the mobile app. I've only used it on my computer and my, you know, my customer's computer. And actually, I think it's funny. I am a fan of um, eating the dog, the same dog food. So I have become a regular user on my computer and so every time I need to install something I get that notification and I have to go just click a button to approve it which I know most administrators don't do you know because it's annoying but well isn't it isn't it funny how we're so used to just oh I'll just log in and do it and then all of a sudden we get oh you mean I can't install (laughs) But I have put myself in that situation. Yeah. I've, I got to know how it works. And like I said, I, I, I guess I eat the dog food. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. So 
the price point was obviously a feat, um, a decision swayer as well because you know Cyberfox is a little less than Threatlocker, mainly because of the the suite of products that you get with with uh, Threatlocker. But Cyberfox compared to the other products that you looked at, where does it rank with all the others? I, I mean, uh, oh, I would say that it's at a lower. Okay. Um, point. I feel like the other players in this space are. I want to say more enterprise. Every enterprise event I go to, I see these other players and Pam, and I, I'm not really seeing too many uh, players in our space as in, far as Pam. In concerned. the SMB space, right. I'm telling you, yeah. Speaking of enterprise events, you, you're quite on the circuit. I am, yeah. You were just at uh, where were we at GSX, or um, you even did an interview global. out there. Yeah, Global Security Exchange. I mean, that was such a privilege to be able to get out there. Uh, really opened and widened my horizons. It was a hundred percent an enterprise event. Right. Definitely channel. Um, I was joking. <laughs> personally with some of my friends and I'm like, uh, I had to pay for coffee <laughs> and no one even thought about that. I mean, at our events, did you ever come on, Mark? Have you ever paid for a coffee or a water or anything? Well, I mean, not in the event itself, but sometimes you, sometimes you don't like what they have and then you go pay for the good stuff. Okay. It was not like that. <laughs> <It was laughs> okay. Different. I had to pay. I had to like go to the Starbucks pop up that was down there and literally pay for my water. It's fine. It's fine. It just uh, it was different. Let's so, put it that way. So where was that? Oh, Dallas. In Dallas. Dallas. Oh yeah. Okay. It's called Great. the Global Security Exchange. Mm-hmm. And you said it was primarily enterprise. So if that's the case, why did you go? So I'm a member of uh, ASIS, which is a an, an industrial security uh, group, and they're global, so they're international. Okay. And I'm a member of the, well, of course, the the international group, but also we have a Space Coast chapter. So I've got my Space Coast um, chairman. I'm trying to launch a women women in security for ASIS here locally on the Space Coast. That's challenging in in itself, um, but that's how I that's how I got there because I'm trying to get these this particular sub uh, sub chapter going and. I've helped out a lot with the chapter. They offered me a ticket to go, and so I said, "Let's go." I'm happy. Okay, but that that doesn't jive with your slowing down at the beach. You sound like you're revving up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I am revving up. Um, I am revving up. <laughs> okay, why why does that sound like it surprises you? 
because you brought up a good point, you know, um, I'm over here, I'm on the beach. I'm very low key. I'm very, um, you know, it, it, it comes as it is, but I think with, with the whole security thing and specifically when it comes to ASIS and this global thing and this, it, I feel like I'm doing that because I need to broaden my horizons. And I know cybersecurity is important, 100%. Me and you, you know, we're on the same page. But there's a physical security aspect. There's a, I don't know, insider, you know, there's an insider security event that could happen. I, I'm just trying to broaden my horizons all, all the way around. All right. So ACES... Not yeah. ISIS. <laughs> ASIS International, uh, founded in 1955 as the American Society for Industrial Security. Yeah. Uh, 37,000 members and 200 local chapters worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, provides educational and networking events. Okay. So what's their goal? That was That's what I was looking uh, for. I think their goal is really first and foremost is certification. So they have their own set of certifications and speaking of certifications, I'll talk to, <laughs> so I'm a mom, right? Yes. <laughs> on the coast and we all know about the school shootings and school safety and all of that good stuff. So I went to a couple of sessions on, Uh, school safety in particular, and not just in the United States. I'm talking on a global level. I got to see uh, administrators and implementers from Israel, uh, two from the U.S. that have experience running safety for schools over in Qatar, um, and some other uh, Russia even. And I also got to speak, see someone from safety in schools from Mexico. Let me tell you something. The United States does not have any uh, controls or policies on how safety in schools should work. Can you believe that? Yeah. There's standard policy. Yeah. We're behind on We're behind on a lot of stuff. We are. You know what the guy from Israel said? What? Well, we all we all know the answer. He said the first question was, you know, what do you do to protect your school? And he says, well, we have an armed guard. <laughs> a literal like armed guard everywhere. Yeah. At every point of entry. And I don't know, I was at this event and we, there were so many different vendors there selling physical security, whether it was, uh, you know, the walk through the, the x-ray machine or whatever it was. I'm like, how, why don't our schools have this? You know? Well, Well, we had to do, we had to do a softer approach. You know, Americans, you know, we don't really want to be hardcore Uh with anything. You know, we, our compromise was the school resource officer. 
Yeah. But then we blame them when they don't go after a shooter, when that's not well, what they're trained for. Had that happen in Broward County. Yes. Different conversation, but yeah, I know. Yep, they know. just finished another thing on that, so it's – you you need a good person. I mean, just in any job. I don't care what job it is, but you need the right person for the for the job. Yeah. And school resource officer really, I think, in my opinion, requires a unicorn. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So let me ask you this, getting back to the clients that you're supporting now. Um, if you're dealing with smaller clients, but you're looking at this from a worldwide global enterprise type perspective, how are you translating this down to their level? Because if, you know, if you've got a, you know, a new client, you know, let's say they're 20 stations even, but they're used to just doing stuff on the fly and not taking any consideration to this. Uh, how are you translating this down to them? <laughs> Marv, it actually happens naturally. Um, as stuff happens, as it always does with a human, um, there's there is always, and this is at least the way it happens for me. There's a an employee who challenges something, whatever it is, and it spawns a ooh. I need to do a policy. What's a computer use policy? Let's, let's do this computer use policy. And how can we prevent people from doing X and Y and Z? And that's how it's, for me, that's how it's coming up. I'm, I'm watching these smaller businesses grow up. And while I've already explained these kinds of things and Pro, you know, promoted these products that I have can, that I can offer to them. Once they get that challenge uh, from the employee, it's like it's a done deal. Right. So, what is? I mentioned that you know, instead of slowing down, you're revving up. So, you were dealing with 200 plus endpoints in your corporate job. Um, how many? How many endpoints are you kind of managing now? Now it's more like on the 700 level. Okay. Um, is that tough? I mean, I've got every, I've got all of those endpoints on a pretty much set it and forget it kind of a thing. I, you know, I don't know what RMM you use, but you know, we we push out the patches. We we've got the the EDR. Um, I, their cloud is protected through whatever platform you're using. I use SaaS alerts. They don't have uh, privileged access because they're using CyberFox. Um, their email is protected. Like everything is kind of on a. They're backed up. They're OneDrive. They're you know, SharePoint, it's all backed up. It's it's pretty much set it and forget right. it. Right. But what so I don't think we got into your stack before. So what are you using for your RMM slash PSA? <sighs> that yeah. <laughs> a question for me and I hate to roll my eyes, but I do. 
Um, I started out with Enable, uh-huh. and I'm not Enable at all. I, I like the, what they have, but um, the one big thing that I thought an RMM should have is the ability to easily, keyword, easily push out software. And gosh, I hope no one from Enable is on here, but. That's okay. No. I'll, t- I'll talk to them because I use Enable. Oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah. So I said, Come on, bring to- it. Bring it. Come on. What do you, what do you really want to say? Well, I really want it to be eat. Like, why can't I just simply every vendor I talk to is like, Oh, okay. Well, we're going to have to create a PowerShell script for that. We'll do it for you though. Why the why why don't you have to create a PowerShell? I know you saw me. I almost <laughs> I, like, I won't do that on your show. Sorry. You, you can. It's uh, no big deal. Nobody listens. It's you can say it. Uh, why why do you make it so hard to push out an MSI or an XE? Well, they have Tell the me. they have the thing where you, they all the scripts are done. I forget script manager or script whatever. They have oh. it. God, are you kidding me? I want to press a button. I want to work smarter and not harder. I'm not going to some forum to figure it out. You're an RMM. You should have a button that I press. I upload the MSI and push it out to all my clients. Done. Tell me I'm wrong, Marv. Tell me I'm wrong. Listen, I'm not going to say you're not wrong. I'm not a script person, so... I tell people, yeah, write something for me, and then I push it out because I can then add it as a task and push it. I can do all that. I don't, I don't mind that. I don't want to uh, – but I understand what you're saying is yeah. that for somebody like Enable that's been around and has been available to work with all these different platforms, a lot of this stuff should already be built in. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. It should already be built in. I mean, all of these parties, in theory, most of them have open APIs. So why can't this be done? Or why do we have to be hidden behind some forum to go find it or have somebody, you know, cyber drain? You know, Kevin Tegelar is, you know, a great resource for this. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with what Kevin's doing because he's providing that service. But why should we have to? Leave our product to go to him to do it. I mean, right? But I understand. So, so okay. So, from enable, you went where, or are you still Uh, struggling to go somewhere? I'm I'm looking at Kaseya, their VSX, their VSX ten, VSX, whatever it is. I'm looking at any Kaseya. Okay. Why are you laughing? Okay, let me let me see if um okay, nobody's writing something in the chat. So cuz they are taking it on the chin really hard right now. That's that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Cuz I have Kaseya products. I I'm a Dado partner. Okay. I use IT glue. Yeah. Um, oh, you do? Something else. Speaking of, yes, I use IT glue. So, okay. 
Okay, you you tell me how you would take this. So I get a call today from somebody who says that he's working with my account manager. And he would like to extend to me an offer to have an IT glue, what did he call it? An IT glue review where they will connect me with some engineer that's going to go through my IT glue and see how I'm using it and make some recommendations for best practices and then give me a promotion to add another seat and to, and I'm like, I don't need that. How would you, how would you take that? I would probably be skeptical as, as you were. I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's a way to upsell me something. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Not a value add, but for me, it as a value add, of course. But I'm like, why do, why do you need to get into my it glue and see how I'm using it? Right. They're aggressive. Their sales team is aggressive. Yeah. I, I don't know how else to say it. All right. I'm putting it. All right. So you're that. So you, you didn't want to look at an auto task. You want to look at the VSA. You didn't want to look at something like a synchro or a ninja RMM, a Terra. What what else is out there? I don't know. Connect wise. Oh, connect wise. The other big boy on the block. They're a big boy. Um, It's funny. I talked to, I don't remember what partner this was, but I was talking to somebody and they're like, I was kind of rolled my eyes how I did about Enable and talked about a Kaseya and they're like, if it makes you feel any better, he goes, we talk to a lot of MSPs every single day and none of them are happy, but there are a them. I'm like, that actually does make me happy. Well, here's the thing. So there are, I, I mean, I talk to a lot of techs and I would say that probably somewhere 70% or more. Yeah, they're not happy. And what they've done is they found the one that does the most for what they need. And they live with it, which is and here's what I'll say. Uh I don't know if Enable listens to me anymore or not, but I will say this, I'm still with Enable because the pain of staying is less than the pain of moving away. I agree with you a thousand percent. And to be honest, it does most of what I need. I really need it for the RMM, the remote access. Uh, I, I have, I'm using the bit defender inside of it, but then I have, of course, threat locker, uh, assisting as well. Uh, I use the internal backup for workstations, but I use Datto. Uh, and Synology for my server backups and my virtual machines, which I'm doing more of. I'm using the Synologies for that. Oh, cool. Um, what else am I doing? I mean, it's just, it's, here's the thing. Of all the products that I've looked at, I actually like their dashboard the best. It's, it's, it's not that it's cleaner, but it's like I can see more on the dashboard at one time than I can with anybody else. I can see all of my customers on the left-hand side. When I open up the workstations, I can see more workstations in Enable, and I can simply right-click 
and do most of the things that I want to do when it comes to adding a task or, you know, forcing a virus scan or editing a workstation, remote access, most of it is seamless for the features that I use. Now, what's not seamless is their MSP manager, which is their PSA version. That they've got to fix because if I had to make a decision based on that, I'd be like, screw you. I'm out of here. It was a mess. Yeah. I can't even actually, I can't access it now because they made a change a while back. So I looked at MSP manager probably four or five years ago and it kind of was, okay, I'm not ready. So when I went to go look at it again earlier this year, I cannot even get access because something with the SSO is screwed up that I had to log in with my support account, which is somehow the master account. So when I log in as me, I can't just simply switch over to the PSA and they extended my trial. To, and I said, okay, if you can't, if you can't get that right, I'm, I'm out could, could care less about anything else. Once they got that SSO thing working, I mean, I have to put my username in two or three times. It's a mess. The SSO thing pisses me off, I'll mm. be honest. Um, oh, then, did you try to get in yesterday? They were down. You couldn't get in yesterday. The dashboard was down? Oh, yeah. You <laughs> literally not log in. And I'm like, okay, let me go to my customer success manager, you know, like log into that. I saw, I saw a support ticket. I just didn't read it. Yeah, well, <laughs> SSO, you couldn't log in yesterday. And it was funny because I was trying to set up a new customer. Thank God. <laughs> I was super excited that the customer was like, I really can't talk right now. Like, oh, whew, oh thank God. Here it is. Yeah, major outage. Major. Oh, I, I cursed on your podcast. Probably nobody heard it because we talked over each other. Say it again. <laughs> I didn't hear you. I was I was reading the major outage notification. So enable Cove Insight Take Control and Endpoint Detection and Response. All regions is currently monitoring an active issue with single sign-on, which may yep. prevent users from being able to log in. Uh, it prevented you. It may. <laughs> F that. It prevented you 100% from logging in. It was awful. I don't know. What was but I, I doing? Every, every system is going to do that. I don't care who you're. Yeah. You know, there's there's always going to be an outage, but that really pissed me off yesterday. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where I'm at. So, I, I, under, I understand your, 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 uh, I understand your complaint. as they would say on the on the other side of the phone. Yeah. And I'm here to assist you in any way that I can. Well, thank you, Marvin. I appreciate it. You've made me feel so much better. <laughs> All right. So I'm sure that, uh, so Kaseya, Special K, as I've been calling them, um, may get your business. All right. Yeah, they're, you're they're gonna, definitely on radar. You're going to commit to sure. the three years? I'm okay with that. Okay. To be honest, um, if if I'm gonna move RMMs, I I feel like I don't ever want to do this again. So it's almost as if, and let's keep this between me, you, and the people on this podcast. But 
I, I don't want to switch ever again. So whoever I go with, I'm just going to say, okay, that it, it is what it is. I mean, it is very hard to move. Yeah. 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 Especially sure. 700 endpoints. I can see that that would be fun. It's so hard. I mean, Kaseya lets you, they're like, yeah, you can actually push our and, you know, our agent out through your arm. Okay, fine. But there's a lot more involved than just pushing out the agent. I don't know. It's a lot of work. Yeah. I actually started using, I forget the name of it. I found a product that will push out software that uh, was a lot easier. And I'll have to, I'll have to find the name for you. It is... It wasn't cheap. It was like 1500 bucks, but it was a one-time purchase. And actually, no, I did not purchase it because <laughs> what I was actually able to push out, I was able to do under the free license where I didn't purchase it. It was weird. I, I don't know. It wasn't the trial because I, I had, when I actually finally got around to doing it, I'll have to find the name of it, but I actually pushed out. Uh, this was something that I pushed out. This is the client that I'm going to go fully managed with. And we pushed out uh, something to there. It was at the time, it was like 45 stations. And literally, I just went in, did a couple of clicks, added the workstations. It probably took me three minutes to set it up. I hit push, bing, 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 bing. It was awesome. That's what I'm looking for, man. But that's I a, mean, that that's was a it. product that it's not tied to, you know, an RMM or whatever. You have to do it. And this is something that, oh, this is why. Because it was installed on the local network. So I downloaded it to their, oh. to their admin station and pushed it out. So you would have to do it to each network. So it's, you wouldn't be able to do it from the dashboard. Whatever. <laughs> Just- Easier way. I mean, I don't. I, I don't want to go to each station. I don't want to have to do a PowerShell script. Can I write a PowerShell script to push out software? Hundred percent. I don't want to do that. You know. You don't want to do it, or you can't do it. I don't want to do it. Okay. I can hundred percent do it. So can my techs, but and if they can't. I, I, I could do it, but I don't want to do that. Like I want everybody to be able to push a button, you know? Yeah. How many people are you up to now? Uh, four. Okay. Four. Yeah. Yeah. I got to have help in the, um, the tech area, of course. Um, I think where I needed the most help getting the business going is in the like social media marketing area. Definitely was not my uh, specialty. Marketing, huh? Oh my gosh. It just, it it's beyond me. I mean, I can do it. I'm out there. I'm branding. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm doing posts and stuff. But the marketing for a business just took me to a different level and I had to get somebody to help. I was going to say, <laughs> you're, you're the big social butterfly over at ASCII. You were flying around with everybody at these events. I see you, you know, just, I, just engaged. I am. But <laughs> it's a hard to do that all the time. You've got the you big hair I mean? that invites everybody over. I know. <laughs> I don't have 
it tonight. Oh my god. I I wasn't going to say anything. It looked like you just got out of the shower before the show. No, no, no. I just my hair's like flat and blah, but whatever. I know. I usually have the big hair. That's so funny. That's the first thing the wife said when she saw our picture. She's like, "Oh, love that hair." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. That was the big Frizz day. No, it's not Frizz. It's that wasn't. <laughs> wasn't it? And by the way, Uh-oh. I actually my hairstylist turned me on to like some new uh, whatever product and she's doing a great job and I've gotten a lot of compliments about my hair since really? she onto this product. And I did not use it tonight. So. Oh, well, okay. So, all right. So our next visit, we're going to have to do something on air and get a photo with you and your hair product. And you can mention it. Oh, and- my God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to tell people about this because I've had about three people talk to me about my hair just in the last couple of weeks. I am so upset that I did make it floofy and fluffy like I usually do. <laughs> I've got to come back. <laughs> can I come back? Yes, you can come back. Very good. We're going to do a live show from the beach. Yes. Where do you want to do it from? I don't know. How's, let me t- ask. How is your office space on A1A? Um, it's awesome. <laughs> I'm trying to think of you. I'm like, oh we, we want to meet you. So my office is on the west side of A1A. Yes, I know. Looking out across A1A to the beach or whatever condominiums in the way. Exactly. So I'm like, we could go in my office for sure. Okay, but, but- you hesitated <laughs> before you said awesome. So... Because I was thinking about the the balcony, because that would be, I, I mean, when me and you do a live podcast at the beach, we need to have the actual beach in our background. Okay, so we, let me do this. I let, that from my- let, me, let me do this. I will reach out to my peeps up there and ask them to find us a spot. Okay? Yes. So now they're probably going to say squid lips. But I'm going to say no to that. Okay. And for those of you listening, wondering what Squid Lips, it is this cool little restaurant slash bar that is on the Intracoastal um, at the O'Galley Causeway. And it has its own little beach on the Intracoastal side, but it's not the beach side. So, um, I know we have connections at the Melbourne Beach Hilton, but that's probably too big a thing. So we'll figure something out. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Melbourne Hilton is would be nice. Yeah. Do you've got have you got any connections at Patrick Air Force Base? So I used to. That's where my dad used to work. That's how we got yeah. to the beach. Yeah. I don't think I'm allowed on the base anymore though. I can you can actually like I I have my golf cart so I can go on because I do you go underneath the Pineda Causeway bridge through that little uh, sidewalk that they did. Yeah. I go through like the, the air force base gate. 
Didn't they it's take amazing. down the back gate? They took down that gate back there, right? The, the gate is off of A1A. Right, the main gate. But they used to have a gate at the Panita Causeway entrance. But I think they took uh, that away. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Where no, the, uh, so all right, we'll talk off air about that because there's a whole – there's a whole dynamic there. We used to go Boy Scout camping at the survival area and all that stuff. And oh wow! All right, let's uh, let's wrap this up, and you and I will okay. chat a little bit more. Um, we <laughs> we probably did not talk as much CyberFox as the CyberFox people were expecting, but we shared. We talked about you know why you chose it and the fact that listen. Like I said, nothing against CyberFox. It was just the use case that I was looking for actually turned out that ThreatLocker was a better choice for the bulk of my customers. And CyberFox Auto Elevate is something that who know, probably probably eighty percent of MSPs would use CyberFox over ThreatLocker. You think? Um, I probably more, but yeah, okay. I agree. Um, it's easy to implement. It's easy. It, it just, it blew me away. The last product I used in, in this space, again, it was more of an enterprise level, but whatever I, it was, it was so even super hard to, to train my techs on how to use it. So I'd always have to go in there and be like, Oh, okay. You want to create a new rule because you have a new application. And then with CyberFox, it's like, the user just says, tries to install something, and then they click, yeah, let me install this. And then my technicians get a notification, and they deal with it. And all they have to do is yes or no. There's no rule you have to – there's no – it's very simple. Yep. Let's put it that way. All right. I know you made a comment out on social media that you were dreading the Florida Man segment, so I'm going to give you a second to get ready for it. I'm going to prep you now and say Florida Man is coming up. And while you're getting ready, let me take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for the show. Uh, obviously, I need to thank NetAlly, the presenting sponsor. NetAlly offers a range of network testing tools and Wi-Fi analysis solutions that help frontline technicians validate network connectivity in as little as 10 seconds. NetAlly.com. Our show is presented by Computers Done Right, a managed services company that provides computer repair, IT support, and managed services in Venice, Florida, and surrounding areas. A great sponsor over the years, ComputersDoneRights.com, and Instant House Call, a remote software that allows technicians to remotely connect to their clients' computers and provide technical support. All the same features as the big boys, including white labeling. Head over to instanthousecall.com for a 15-day trial where you don't even have to put in your credit card. Thank you all for your continued support. Uh, we normally do a news segment. I will just quickly mention that uh, announced today, and I don't have a – I should have got a screenshot for it, but that's uh, – for those of you that are watching the live show, you can see Threat Locker and MSP Expo, which is a big old event down here in Fort Lauderdale. That is happening in February 2024. Threat Locker signs on as a gold sponsor. 
for the show at the Greater Fort Lauderdale slash Broward County Convention Center and the MSP Expo. They say it's the premier conference and networking summit for MSPs. I'm just reading what they wrote here. It's where business owners and technology specialists share strategies to grow their managed services business. So you may have to venture back down here to hang out at the MSP Expo. It actually I'm compelled to learn more about that event. All right. And I do want to announce uh, SonicWall. I'm a SonicWall partner, and I just saw this in the news. SonicWall has uh, offered new procurement options to partners, something that we have been complaining about. They now have prepaid subscriptions offered at a discount, a no-commit monthly service model. Uh, they now have personalized, dedicated support from level two or tier three agents, uh, business discounts across all tiers, and are beefing up their SonicWall University training options. And it was funny because I was reading this article thinking I need to reach out to SonicWall when I realized Michelle Ragusa McBain was recently announced as their global channel leader. She is the wife of Jay McBain, who I've had on the show many times of Canalis. They are right here in my neck of the woods, and we keep talking about hooking up. So now I've got to reach out. So Jay, Michelle, if you're listening or if somebody that knows you is listening and lets you know, we need to hook up and uh, we can do a combo show together. Marv, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, and let me let me acknowledge uh, Mr. Tom Bull, who is – I don't want to say not welcome, but is not being encouraged to attend the next year's Tecton Unplugged in favor of his son, TJ. <laughs> so, Tom, thank you for hanging out. Uh, uh, as I mentioned, Net Ally, Tom just picked up a – LRAT, a Link Runner is the full name of that. Link Runner AT1000 and love it. So great for that. And uh, responding to the TJ comment, youth wins. <laughs> so <laughs> that was fantastic there. Um, so that was it. So now I've gone through all that. Allie, are you? I'm ready. I'm are you ready. ready? You have a Florida man story because. Florida man happens in in Brevard County too. It does. You want me to come up with a story? I thought you were going to ask me a question about it. <sighs> I need to okay. re I need to resend you the guest sheet so you know what you, you know what to expect. No, you were supposed to come up with a see technically it, it's different because you're in Florida and normally people are out of Florida. I I say come up with a story in your state or city that you think would outdo Florida man within the last week or so. Uh, Most people have to go back months. Um, my stories are usually in the last day or so, but what's happened in Brevard County recently? Okay. Um, I'm a really good Googler. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we all, you know, in this business, we all have to be. Um, okay. Well, this is an interesting one, actually. Florida resident Michael Clemens, only 22 years old, was sentenced after pleading guilty to picking up and transporting, are you ready? Don't, it's not drugs. It's not alcohol. It's nothing you would think of. 
transporting 41 turtles. That's weird. The turtle man. Yeah, he's a turtle man. And guess what? We do not like him because here on, uh, at least in Brevard, we're serious about protecting the the turtles. There are turtle sanctuaries uh, in Brevard County. Yes. The hotels can't have the, the certain lights. I have green lights, not white lights on my house. It's a thing. Yeah. Yep. All right. That was good. So uh, here's a story that happened. Florida man arrested for setting Exus Jaguar on fire. <laughs> but wait, his ex-girlfriend is apparently also his cousin. Miami-Dade police has arrested Melvin Allen Centron, a 37-year-old Hollywood, Florida man, for intentionally setting a car on fire. The car in question is a Jaguar XE, reportedly belonged to his now ex-girlfriend. And oh, yes, the ex-girlfriend is apparently his cousin. So that will probably make any future family reunions a little bit awkward. Weird. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So that's what's happening in my neck of the woods. <laughs> There's always something happening in your neck of the woods. That was a that was a doozy, though. I liked it. Yeah. All right. So, Allie, I you know what I did not do? We got so into the show. I did not give you a full introduction. Uh, as I had mentioned, you were on a previous episode here. And let me bring that up if I can uh, hit my search and get it going. Uh, it was called Tech on the Beach was the show that we did uh, back in what, April? Yeah, that was fun. That was super fun. Yep. Uh, so that's a show that folks you can go back and listen to actually April 20th, show number 488, Tech on the Beach with Allie Johnston. And for those that really want to know if you were ever up in Satellite Beach, look up Allie at Bell Tech Services on A1A. Beachfront Avenue. I'm here. <laughs> so, all right. Well, Allie, thank you very much for coming on. We will do this again. And we'll get your... I'll make sure my hair is... <laughs> and... um. My computer's working and my camera, like my real camera, and I'm not just on my phone. And I will have a Florida man story ready. Right. So sorry that I, I failed a couple of things tonight. But right. I'll, I'll have it right next time. It's all right. My listeners will forgive you. and Thanks. Look, <laughs> and your dog has forgiven you. Oh, yeah. I'm getting called away. <laughs> he's, saying, he's saying the show's over. Get off. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode. We'll be back with another week as per usual. Next week, same time, we will see you then. Head over to itbusinesspodcast.com to get more news. Oh, and answer the monthly queue. I think it's only going to be up for another couple of weeks, and it's going to be what have you done to provide a great gift to your clients? Uh, I've already got a few people that have answered, pretty good answers. They are signed up for a uh, gift card that will be given out at the end of the year. We will have a new question uh, in a couple of weeks, so answer that. And that's going to do it. We'll see you soon. And until then, holla. <laughs> <laughs>